0: It is day two of Daf Ches. We are holding the Moran Daf Ches and Madalaf two lines down from the top of the page. Yesterday we left off in a discussion. The discussion was the Mishnah. The author of the Mishnah says there are four Rosh Hashanahs in the year. And yet, we have two Rosh Hashanahs in the Brisa that are not accounted for in the Mishnah. What are the two Rosh Hashanahs in the Brisa? One is the 16th of Nisa and the bringing of the Korban Omer, which is like the Rosh Hashanah for the new crop for that year to be eaten by everyone. And the second one was related. It was the 6th of Sivan when the Shteya Alechem is brought, which is the Rosh Hashanah for the new crop to be used in Korban Mincha offerings. So why did the Mishnah not include these in its count? It said four Rosh Hashanahs. Are these not counted as Rosh Hashanahs? Why were they not included in the Mishnah? So the Gemara gave two answers yesterday. One answer was the Mishnah only lists things where the Rosh Hashanah takes effect from the night before. In other words, it doesn't have to wait until the daytime of that date, but it takes effect from the night before, when the halachic day begins. The second opinion was that the Mishnah only lists things which happen passively. There's no action required to bring the Rosh Hashanah's effect on. It just happens by itself when the day arrives, when that date arrives. Today the Gemara gives a third explanation. For Rav Ashi Amar, Rav Ashi says, The author of the Mishnah means there are four Rosh Hashanahs that fall on four Rosh Chodeshs during the year. In other words, the Mishnah is only concerning itself with Rosh Hashanahs, New Years, that happen to overlap with a date that is also Rosh Chodesh, a date that is also the first of a particular month. And therefore the Mishnah didn't list the date of the 16th of Nisan, when the Omer is brought. That's not happening on the first day of the month. It's happening on the 16th. It doesn't happen on the Rosh Chodesh. And similarly, the Sete Alechem is on the 6th of Sivan. That doesn't happen on a Rosh Chodesh. It happens on the 6th of the month, and therefore it's not listed in the Mishnah. So the Gemara asks, but well, wait a minute. The Echad Bishvat the Mishnah, one of the four dates listed in the Mishnah is the first of Shvat according to Beish Shammai, or the 15th of Shvat according to Beish Hillel, is Rosh Hashanah Le'Elonos, for trees is Rosh Hashanah. Now, if you're telling me that when the author of the Mishnah said there were four Rosh Hashanahs, what he meant was that there are four dates in the year which are Rosh Hashanah that also overlap with Rosh Chodesh, well, it's only according to Beish Shammai that the first of Shvat is a Rosh Hashanah. According to Beish Hillel, it's not until the 15th of Shvat. So are you suggesting that the author of the Mishnah is concluding like Beish Shammai against Beis Hillel? That would be very unusual. Normally the halacha follows Beish Hillel against Beish Shammai. Why would the author of the Mishnah hold like Beish Shammai? So the Gemara answers, no, that's not what it would imply. Hakikama, this is what the Tana, the author of the Mishnah means to say. Not that he holds like Beish Shammai. Rather, Shloshol Adiv There are altogether four Rosh Hashanah's New Year's in the year, which overlap with Rosh Chodesh, the first day of the month. Three of those dates are agreed to by everyone, and the one that overlaps with the first day of Shvat, is actually machlokes be'sham ve'shilo, is a dispute between be'sham and So the author of the mission is not being conclusive. He's saying, look, there are there are in, in the aggregate of all the opinions, there are four dates in the year that overlap with Rosh Chodesh that are also Rosh Hashanah. One of them is subject to a dispute. The other three are agreed to by everyone. But he's not pascading who the is like in the Maklokas Beishan Beis Hillel. He's just trying to give a holistic picture of all the dates in the year, potential dates in the year, that could overlap with a Rosh Chodesh that could also be a Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara now moves on to the next part of the Mishnah. You'll recall the Mishnah said something about the Rosh Hashanah for Ma'asar Behema. Ma'asar Behema, we said, was every year all the newborn animals in a person's flock of sheep and goats and cattle has to be separated, one in ten separated and brought to the Beis Amigdash and offered, etc., now, you cannot offer, we said, the animals born in one year as Masa behema You can't separate as Masa behema an animal born in one year, for an animals born in another year. You have to separate only based on what was born in a particular year. Each year is viewed separately and therefore we have to draw a line somehow between the years. And we said that should happen on a particular date that we consider to be Rosh Hashanah for Masa behema The author of the Mishnah said it was the first of Elul. And then along came Rebbe Loz and Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Echad, the Tishrei. Rebbe and Rabbi Shimon said, no, it's not the first of Elul, it's actually the first of Tishrei. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said, mikra both views actually expound the same Pasuk. Both the Tanakhama, who says it's the first of Elul, and Rabbi Lozav and Rabbi Shimon, who says it's the first of Tishrei, they both learn it out from the same Pasuk. What is that Pasuk? It's a Pasuk in Tehillim. Shnei, Amar, the Pasuk says, the Amakim Yatvuvar, Yisro afyashiru. Three clauses in this pasuk that are going to are going to be important to us. Lovshu karimatsa. the first clause is the sheep of the flock become clad. Second clause va yat vuvar. the valleys cloak themselves with fodder. Third clause yisro afyashiru. They shout joyfully, they even sing. So how do we interpret this pasuk? So Rabbi Meir Sava, Rabbi Meir, who who we said is the author of this statement of our Mishnah, the Tanakama. We attributed Rabbi Meir as being the Tanakama, the author of this statement, when it comes to Masa Behema being on the first of Elul. We said that last week. This is Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Meir holds, the Pasuk is understood as follows. When is the first clause that the sheep of the flock become clad? In other words, the sheep of the flock become pregnant... Bizman, that happens when the second clause is true. amakim yatuvar at the time when the valleys cloak themselves with fodder. The imasai amakim when is that? When do the valleys cloak themselves with fodder? Ba'adar, that is in Adar. By Adar, the crops have already sprouted and they're readily noticeable. So mis'abros ba'adar, in other words, the passage is telling us that the sheep become pregnant in Adar. If the sheep become pregnant in Adar, the oldest ba'av, small animals, take five months to be pregnant and give birth to the the child and therefore if they became pregnant in Adar Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tammuz, Av five months later is Av so they become pregnant in Adar the pasuk is telling us they give birth in Av and therefore Rosh Hashanah, and Elul the Rosh Hashanah of these animals for Massa is Elul Elul is the month after Adar in other words the last of the animals of the old year has given birth by the first of Elul Because it takes five months from Adar they become pregnant, they give birth during Av. So for the first of Elul, they've all given birth. And that's the logical date to divide between the old and the new animals. That is how Rubi Meir interprets this Pasuk. However, Rubi Lozov, Rubi Shimon, remember what do they say? They say, no, the Rosh Hashanah is not Elul. It's one month later. It's on Tishrei, from the first of Tishrei. There's only one month distinguishing between these views. So how do they interpret the Pasuk? So they read it slightly differently. When is the first clause of the Pasuk fulfilled? When do the sheep of the flock become clad, become pregnant? At the time when the third clause in the Pasuk is true. At the time when the crops shout joyfully, they even sing. When do the stalks of grain sing? When is that third clause of the Pasuk true? Benissan. Only in Nisan, in Nissan, the crops ripen in their stalks and they become ready for harvest and when the wind blows the stalks knock into each other and that creates like a rustling sound and they appear as though they're singing. So the third clause of the pasang is true in Nisan and therefore Misabros the animals become pregnant in Nissan. Elul, and they give birth in Elul, because five months after Nissan, Av Elul, and therefore Rosh Hashanah shall in Tishrei. The new year is therefore immediately after the end of Elul, when all the animals are given birth. The Rosh Hashanah is in Tishrei. So they both interpret this same pasuk. One of them, Rabbi Meir, uses the first two clauses of the Pasuk to tell us that the animals become pregnant in Adar. If they're pregnant in Adar, then they have the, their babies in Av, and therefore Rosh Hashanah is immediately after the end of Av and Edul. But Blod and Rabbi Shimon say, no, the, they become pregnant at a time when the crops shout joyfully. In other words, not in Adar, but in Nisan, which is one month after Adar. And if they become pregnant in Nisan, then they stop having their babies in five months later, and therefore the Rosh Hashanah is immediately after Elul on the 1st of Tishrei. And that's how we end up with two interpretations. So the Gemara wants to know, wait a minute, there were three clauses in this pasuk. Each of these two tana'im, each of these opinions has only used two of the clauses. What are they going to do with the other clause? In other words, Rubi Meir. What is he going to do? What does he do with the third clause in the passage? Rabbi Meir only uses the first two clauses, and he ends up with the first of El being the Rosh Hashanah. What does he do with the third clause about the crops shouting joyfully, even singing, which indicate the sheep become pregnant in Nisan? The Gemara says, That refers to the late animals that are ready to become pregnant only in Nissan. In other words, most animals become pregnant in Adar. But there are some animals, a minority that become pregnant in Nissan, but we obviously follow the majority of animals that become pregnant in Adar, and therefore we may as not bothered by this reference to some animals becoming pregnant in Nissan. The Gemara now asks the opposite question. and they only try, in, interpreted the first and third clause of the Pasuk. What about What about the middle clause of the Pasuk, that the valleys cloak themselves with fodder, which imply that the animals become pregnant, not in Nisan, but in Adar? What do they do with that clause in the Pasuk? The Gemara says, That refers to the early animals that become pregnant in Adar. In other words, most animals, according to their view, become pregnant in Nisan, but a minority of animals become pregnant in Adar, and that's why the Pasuk refers to them. But we obviously follow the majority, the majority are pregnant in Nisan, and therefore the Rosh Hashanah is not until Tishrei. So the Gemara says, "Not nah, this doesn't make sense. According to Rehimea, this makes sense. Rehimea has three clauses in the Pasuk. He interprets the first two clauses as telling us about the majority of animals, that the majority of animals become pregnant in Adar, and therefore Rosh Hashanah should be on the first of Elul. And there are some animals that get pregnant late, as referred to in the last clause of the Pasuk, when the the crop is singing, when it's clattering together, making a song. So that makes sense in the order of the Pasuk, that the Pasuk tells us first about the main group of animals that they become pregnant in Adar, and only then about the peripheral animals, the minority that become pregnant only a month later. But according to Rebillaz and Rabbi Shimon, the Pasuk is out of order. The Pasuk tells us in the middle clause about the animals that are a minority, and only then in the third clause about the animals that are in the majority. Why would the Pasuk do that? The Pasuk is in the wrong order. The Pasuk should tell us first about the animals that are in the majority, and only then the third clause should be the ones in the minority. But according to and Ruby Shimon, the Pasuk first tells us about the ones that are in the minority that become pregnant early in Adar and then it goes back to tell us about the majority that become pregnant in Islam. Doesn't make any sense. And therefore the Gemara says this is not a good in- explanation for why Rabbi Loz and Rabbi Shimon argue with Rabbi Meir. The Gemara is going to give a different interpretation of the Machlokas in this dispute tomorrow but we're going to hold it here for today. I wish you all a very good day.